Hello out there, this is Light on the Trail podcast. On this episode, I sit down with the wonderful Regina Massengill. She holds 10 FKTs and she just ran the Leadville 100. We have a wonderful conversation, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. I didn't want that to happen, but like that's, I just didn't see how I was going to make it. So I took off. It was, sun, sun was setting. Um, threw my headlamp on and you know what, as like, I kind of decided as I was walking out of the A station, I was like, you know what, Let, let's go, let's hammer it. I know how to go downhill. All right. This is Light on the Trail podcast. I am so graciously joined by Miss Regina Massengill. Thank you so, so much for giving up some of your time or your busy schedule to, to join me on here. Um, especially after a, after a pretty, uh, busy weekend or two, because, um, and I, when we first started talking, or I first found you, I was looking into FKTs and then found out you were about to run the Leadville 100. And then just before that, you were crewing at the Habanero, I think. Is that, am I kind of on track? <laughs> That's correct. I'm happy to be on. Um, it's been a busy couple weeks. <laughs> Yes. So how, who, if we can just, we'll, we'll touch on that real quick. How'd the Habanero 100 go? Who did you help? And then, yeah, how, how are you feeling getting into to Leadville? Yeah, so Habanero was a lot of fun. Um, with Leadville coming up a week away, I just wanted to volunteer, um, get some night training in that way, and then maybe pace a couple of friends for some easy, easy taper miles. Um I was supposed to pace a friend in the DFW area, Matt Leak, um, but unfortunately when I showed up to the race, he was um, already experiencing a lot of dehydration, a lot of problems with the heat, so he had, he had to drop. Um, went into my night shift volunteering. I got to kind of be the one checking everyone in as they finished their loops um, between 11 p.m. and 6 in the morning. Um, honestly, it was a really hard volunteer gig, uh, emotionally. I'm not used to having so many people come up to me wanting to drop out. So usually I'm just celebrating people finishing their loop and going on to the next one. So that, for me, that was really hard. Um, That's a different, yeah, yeah. Kind of a little bit depressing, a little, a little sad. Um, but I mean, it's a really hard race, so. Uh, finished my volunteer gig around six in the morning. Uh, didn't really have anyone specific to pace, but I still kind of wanted to. So kind of just latched on to a friend, Terry Joffrein, yeah, from the uh, Austin area. Uh, he let me tag along for two loops. Um, that, that was fun. It was still early in the morning, so it was, wasn't too hot yet. Um, he was dead tired, but we got him, got him moving, actually got him running again for, for about 12 miles there. Um, he wanted to do his last loop alone. So I let him go off on that and then tagged along with another friend from the San Antonio area. Um, and he was, he was struggling a little bit more. Um, we did a little bit more walking, but it was also getting a lot warmer. Um, his name was Kenneth Anderlich, sorry. And, uh, got him, got him through his loops eight and nine. And then he had another friend come in for loop 10. Um, it was hot out there. Um, I haven't done that race 
myself in several years. And I think it was probably, the, but I think it was probably the hottest year on record for it. Um, Whoa. I, I'd forgotten about the sand. The sand was, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't racing it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I was looking, speaking of that and I've got, it's on here. I pulled up as much information as I could again, mostly with the FKTs and then on your kind of ultra sign up uh, uh, history here. But as far as it goes back, it does say the first one you have on record in 2016 is the 50 K at the Habanero hundred. That was my first ultra. Um, that is awesome. At the time yeah. I was uh, trying to find that perfect race in the fall and getting myself stressed out about it. And this race habanero was two weeks out and I just decided, you know what, what the heck, let's, let's go do this <laughs> and see how it goes. <laughs> so it's kind of last minute. Um, That's sometimes, right. It has to happen like that. You're like, just, just do it. Let's see what yeah. we can do. Right. And just, just go all in. Uh, all right. So you, you were able to, to help some people as much as you could and get through the kind of mental toughness side and the heat of habanero hundred, um, which is an awesome is an awesome race itself over here in, in Texas. And then it was, was it just a week later, the next weekend was Leadville or how much time did you have to kind of, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not, not a whole lot of downtime in between. Um, Habanero had been pretty, pretty easy miles. I mean, it was more miles than I intended to do. I think I got 24 miles out there, but um, it's not unusual for me to do that <laughs> the week before big races. Um, I head off to Leadville Wednesday. Um, didn't have a whole lot of time to get acclimated, but yeah, it was, it was that same week, um, with the race being on Saturday morning. Um, Leadville was, to say it was hard would, would definitely, I think, be an understatement. Um, I think the habanero training kind of helped with a little bit of heat training, um, Leadville's usually highs in the mid fifties. And this week it was this year, it was, I think it got into the upper seventies. It really, I know it destroyed a lot of people. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, it was a challenge. I mean, seventies doesn't sound like much here in Texas. I, I know, but <laughs> when you're, com yeah, when you're racing in the mountains, yeah. Like you're up at altitude and it's, it's, it hits a lot harder up there. It's a lot more uh, intense, I guess I should say. Wow. What, and that was your first, this is your first Leadville, correct? You got the first ticket Leadville. last year Yeah, the drawing, I believe you had. Okay. I, yeah, I got into the drawing, um, at Silver Rush last year, um, got to pace a friend, um, who ran the 100 last year. So I got to see a little bit of the course. So that was nice. And then, okay. yeah, I ran it this year, somehow managed to finish uh, by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, and, and for anyone that doesn't follow Regina on anything, um, there's kind of a bit of a story that you could kind of see putting together because you almost got, I want to say timed out, but almost missed the checkpoint, right? And then you kind of you kind of caught yourself up and really got to dig. And that was something I was going to ask if that wasn't the hardest part, but what was a, a portion where, yeah, you really had to dig and kind of get after it? Yeah, I think the entire, maybe the last... I mean, from Hope Pass the second time onward, I was chasing cutoffs. Um, I was feeling pretty strong for the first 38 miles. Um, I was even feeling pretty strong up to Hope Pass the first time. You just you, you slow down, take it easy. Um, 
went back down, went down the backside, made it to Winfield, which is the halfway point, uh, with about a little over an hour. Um, when I got there, I was feeling pretty tired, um, a little lightheaded, um, just, but I'd been struggling with some nausea at that point, nothing major, but it was definitely slowing me down. Um, I think it was mostly the altitude, um, just based on a few races I've had this summer already. It, it, like I've noticed <laughs> there's just a thing I like, I, I'm not acclimated to 10,000 feet, so it, it definitely has an yeah, impact. Yeah. It's a different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was a moment at Winfield when I really kind of questioned whether it was like, I was legitimately not sure I was going to make it back up to the Tapahoe Pass. Like that climb is pretty steep on that side. And it's like, man, I don't know if I can make it. Um, didn't let that thought linger long. I pushed it out pretty quick and just, just like, okay, like we got to go. This is, this is what we're doing today. Um, so head on up. It, it was hard, but I made it to the Tapahoe Pass um, the second time. Um, there's no cutoff there, but there is a cutoff when you get to the bottom at the next aid station. Um, I had a little less than two hours to get six miles down the mountain, which is plenty. But when, <laughs> when you're when you're uh, like as tired as I was, still battling some nausea, like it it was it was a daunting task. But so I sat there at Hope Pass for a minute, and I'm by myself and just surrounded by other few other runners and. You know, it's like had that th- had those thoughts again. It's like, okay, I'm going to be coming into Twin Lakes, the next aid station, and I'm not going to make the cutoff and I'm going to get some hugs and everyone's going to tell me it's okay. And that's <laughs> going to be the end of my race. Um, I didn't want that to happen, but like that's, I just didn't see how I was going to make it. So I took off. It was sun, sun was setting, um, threw my headlamp on. And you know what? As like, I kind of decided as I was walking out of the A station, I was like, you know what? Let, let's go. Let's hammer it. I know how to go downhill. I know I can do it in two, two hours. I might barely make the cutoff, but, you know, I'm here. I've been training for this for over a year now. Like, I've got to give it all I can. So I flew down that mountain, like, caution to the wind. I was passing it everyone left and right yeah. <laughs> um made it down in an hour and a half i think all right but, um, i don't know how i didn't fall but you know i guess god was with me keeping me safe out there because i made it to twin lakes with 15 minutes to spare i think um my crew got me got me you know they got me taken care of we changed socks and shoes we got some food um, there really wasn't time to think there. There was no time to sit there and, and question life and whether I wanted to go on or not. It's like, no, we're, we're getting out there. <laughs> you were going to go on. Yes. yes. <laughs> we were moving. So yeah, I picked up my pacer and we head out. Um, and from there on out, I mean, we were, we were chasing cutoffs the whole time. Um, I was seesawing still a lot between, I can push it a little bit further, but then I get too nauseous and I got to slow down. Um, I, there was, there's one more big climb called pipeline. And I remember before I did that climb, I was, you know, my, my crew is telling me like, we got to make it and like, we got to do this pace. We got to get to the next stage station. I was like, I'm looking at this climb and I've seen this climb because I already went down it. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. I was telling both of them like all night, there's no way I'm going to make it. Um, I made it. <laughs> um, 
I got to that last aid station. It's called May Queen. Um, actually did not make the cutoff. I was about a couple minutes over. Um, we were running at that point to try to make that, that cutoff. Um, the distance was a little bit longer than we both thought it was going to be. And the trail was really technical coming into it. <laughs> my poor pacers just like, she's running, she's trying to get me to run, which and I'm running at that point. Cause I'm like panicked. And I'm like yelling at her, where's the road? Where's the road? Cause oh, you boy. hit the road before you th- like the aid station is on a road. Mm. Like we're on a trail and I'm like, we're nowhere close. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm never going to make it. Uh, we hit the road and we're on the road. And like, I looked down at my watch and we're, we're at the cutoff time. So I start walking immediately. And like, now I'm processing this whole like loss and like all of this effort and all this work. And like, it's over now. Oh man. And yeah all of this is going through my head and then someone on the road is like keep running keep running they might let you through and I'm like oh no (laughs) (laughs) so now we're like back in panic mode again running and I get to the the little timing mat and they they do let me through they let me through and they let one guy behind me through um whoa so I'm so thankful like I don't I don't know why or how or you know they decided I guess they (laughs) <laughs> saw something in me that I didn't see. <laughs> They're like, you Amen. can go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so super quick uh, transition <laughs> there. Uh, refill water bottles. Um, picked up a, a different pacer uh, that I really didn't know her that well. But at this point, it's like, okay, again, we're kind of in panic mode. I don't have a whole lot of time. Shit, I've got three yeah. and a half hours to get 12 and a half miles. So we take off and, you know, we're running as much as we can and, you know, hiking the rest and, I don't know, somehow like she managed to, she got me to that finish line less than 10 minutes before the cutoff. Yes. It was, it was so amazing. I got teary eyed. I was, you know, I was just, I I couldn't believe that I got there. Um, Never would have done it without the crew that I had. (laughs) That's awesome. What an, yeah. Oh my gosh. Being, being that close to it. Yeah. To say, Right. Physically and mentally emotional, I'm sure is like an understatement. I'm sure it's like something, especially having that going from so quickly of, well, I tried. And then they're like, maybe you'll still be able to go. And then getting kind of back in the game after you think you're kind of out of it. And then like, we got it. Now you got to flip the switch back on and really get after it and keep going. And then to still persevere through that. And then with 10 minutes left. Yeah. What? That's awesome. What a story. Way to go. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) That's woo. How have, uh, well in the, in the midst of race, um, putting on hundreds and you've, how many, how many hundreds have you ran? Do you know? This was my third hundred mile race. Um, I've done two in Texas. I've done some FKTs. I think we'll get into later that, that are about (laughs) the same distance. Um, right, yes. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay. I, I didn't think it was your first one um, with, with the hundreds as well. I'm just from, from looking over here, but with that, and that's such a endeavor uh, and then more so with the mountains, right. And adding kind of in, and at elevation as far as with, with gear ghosts, I think it can really kind of put in a uh, something that can really help you or even mentally, if it's just placebo effect, but was there something that, you were surprised it acted well or that you did like or something that like failed you that you wouldn't recommend to somebody or it just all was okay? <laughs> um, I mean, my, my nutrition went about as expected. Um, 
I used Tailwind a lot, used it as long as I could, and then eventually just got sick of it and had to switch to water. Um, I was having trouble with solid foods in the second half, um, just with the nausea and everything. I was having to do more liquids, uh, a few more gels than I usually use. Um, thankfully, I had some mashed potatoes that I'd packed, so that worked. Um, little peanut butter packets worked. Um, just more liquid food, just because I couldn't, I just couldn't stomach the stuff that was hard, like more solid stuff was just harder to digest, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um just because of the altitude and maybe the heat of the day. Um, yeah. Right. Was, just give the, the given day of how your stomach's going to handle it or, yeah. or agree or disagree. <laughs> exactly. Is that as far as the year goes, has that been, and I don't know, it could have been another like amazing experience you've had this year, but what's been your, your favorite event that you've ran this year or uh, uh, a memorable one? If it's, if it's something that's not the, the Leadville, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think I did. So I did a hundred K called never summer in Colorado three, well, four weeks ago now. Um, it was kind of my peak training um, activity before Leadville. That race was gorgeous. I would definitely have to say that was like one of my favorite races um, this year. It was, it was hard. It, it had almost as much vert as Leadville in a, 100k but it was so pretty up there and everything went right I mean I I went in with an injury but the injury wasn't really a problem um my nutrition was pretty good I never got tired um it it was just a it was a gorgeous race it it was it was hard at the end and I was walking and you know (laughs) uh complaining to my crew but I mean it was it was still a fabulous I would definitely recommend it to anyone um, who has the opportunity. Awesome. That, that was the, the never summer you said? Yes. Okay. Okay. I was just uh, double checking on that. Okay. Very good. Well, that's off. That's a great way. If you're trying to put in like a training, your last little peak one and to have a good kind of overall feel for it and, uh, over like a, you know, checking your fitness and everything, you're like, okay, like at least it gave you some more of that, you know, assurance to, to take on, on lead wheel. Uh, sure. wonderful. Um, have you, uh, we'll get into FKTs here in just a little bit. What is, unless it, I guess this is, is the longest, cause I know it, I want to say race or event cause that might put them both in the same category, but what is the longest you've, you've run? The longest distance I've run is definitely the, um, Northeast Texas trail. Um, it was 181 okay. <laughs> miles. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's what, that's what I thought. I saw that on your on your list there of the ones that you had, and I was like, "That's that's a really long one." Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty long. I wonder. I wonder if she's done anything over that. Uh, okay, yeah, that's very good. And then, um, have you always been more attracted to longer distance or endurance, or have you kind of followed that? Maybe you were in track or something in high school or college or something. You just kind of like was pulled to more of like the distance and that kind of endeavor. I followed the progression. Yeah. As an adult, um, got in, didn't even get in. I wasn't in track. I got into running as an adult, um, seen coworkers do the, the, the local Chevron marathon. I'm like, man, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> so I did a lot of road running. Um, I did, like we said, we, I did my first ultra maybe I think in 2016, 
Um, I was still doing a lot of triathlons at that time. They did a couple Ironmans. I really got into the trail running, I'd say, like, during COVID. Um, it was when that that switch really flipped <laughs> over to, like, just loving more trails and, and that longer oh. distance stuff. Um, I had wanted to do a 100-miler in 2020, and with races canceled, that's, that's kind of what nudged me into the FKT um, side of things. Okay. That makes, that makes perfect sense now, right? If it's uh, being almost forced to, to stay inside and, and, you know, maybe having a more of a hunger for being outside. And that's really what kind of pulls me to, to more trail running too, is because just the nature being out there and, and road running's fine. And, and there's some parks or even like sidewalk or paved, but being out in the wilderness and, and kind of more with nature is, is can be some special about that if you, if you want that. Um, and it also helps, like if I go out for a run during the summer, like it is now, and it's so hot. So I was like, what are you doing out there? It's so hot. Like most of the time it's in the shade. Like I'm running in trees. I'm not on the road, you know, baking it's, it's covered. And that helps a little bit. Right. And they're like, Oh, whatever. Absolutely. It does. Um, all right. So with the mention of the North Northeast trail, uh, Northeast Texas trail, um, which I think is the second longest trail that texas has out of like the five that we have i think there's like 20 but um and i think the trans texas is the longest one but so i i was looking through i kind of got more involved with distant running and trail running this year and then learned about fkts and everything and kind of just following suit with all that that kind of stuff and um so looking through texas and um i can't remember what made me maybe look it up. I think I was just going through every, every route and looking at names and I saw yours and, uh, and then you, cause then I realized you can search their names in general and then find everything. And I was yeah. like, holy cow, like I would, <laughs> and then there you are. So you've got 10 FKTs, nine in Texas, and then one is in Kansas, I believe. Yes. Okay. Which is, is awesome. And it says your first one, which is the, one of the first ones, I guess, if you're looking at trails in Texas, it kind of points you towards the Lone Star hiking trail. And it says yeah. you, you got that in, in 2017. So uh, what, <laughs> it, it was it like you kind of mentioned COVID kind of uh, uh, adjusted direction for that or what made you want to pursue, right? An FKT on the Lone Star hiking trail, which is like a 97, you know, pretty much a hundred mile trip. Yeah. Um like I said, I was wanting to, I was looking for a hundred mile race. I hadn't signed up for anything yet because again, I was overanalyzing things and trying to find that perfect race. Um, then the races got canceled. It's like, oh man, but I really still want to do a hundred. It's like, you know what? Let's make my own. I knew about Lone Star Hiking Trail. I knew it was, it was practically in my backyard living in Houston and I knew it was about a hundred. So I was like, you know what? I can do this thing and add whatever mileage on I need at the end and get my hundred miles be virtual or whatever. Somewhere in the process of researching the trail, I came across the FKT site. Um, I was like, oh, this is a thing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's like, I don't know. So I'm looking at the finish times. It's like, maybe I could do it faster than that uh, that chick that's done it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it gives me a goal. I think her name was Marcy Beard. Um, it's like, that gives me a time goal now. I was like, ooh, this could, this could be fun. Um, so yeah, that's how I, I came across FKTs and ended up uh, doing this one. 
I think in early 2021 in January or so, um, it was cold. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it was definitely an adventure. Um, there was a bridge, I think it's around my, the 50 K mark, um, that w- had been out for several years. So my crew had to, um, have kayaks there for me to kayak across the river. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so added a little extra fun factor. And then, yeah, going overnight, I mean, you're dealing with, you know, anything and everything that's out there. Maybe there's hogs. Maybe, you know, I got chased by dogs multiple times, had to cross another little, well, multiple little rivers and streams and bayous and stuff out there. Um, oh yeah, I don't gosh. know how I finished, but. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. It says here uh, on January 17th, it took you 22 hours and you were able to take the first supported female FKT from Miss Marcy Beard that took a, a day in 27 minutes. Awesome. So by a handful of hours there. Yeah. That's, and, and again, the Lone Star one kind of, I would say maybe be in like a famous trail somewhat, you know, in Texas um, is it's pretty active on, on the one way there's a handful of people uh, and there's only one person uh, that said they did it on the out and back. Uh, what? That's a, that's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so which one, if you can recall, is your, uh, I want to say like, are you most happy with, or are you most like proud about that you got through and that you got it? Um, were some you just like wanting to complete and hoping you got the time or was there one that you were like, I want, I want the time. I want the FKT. Um, I mean, this first one holds a special spot. Um, the Northeast one was a new challenge in that there was no women's time, but there was a guy's time. And I wanted to really beat that guy's time um, and get the overall. Um, that one is long distance, 131 miles, um, but it was a rails to trails project. And there was actually a few sections that are closed. So you have to run on the re- actual like asphalt road. Um, so it went, it was a really fast one. Um I'm really proud of how I did at the same time. I really think I could do better. Um, (laughs) I ran the first 99 and a half miles of that one in less than 19 hours. And then it took me, it took me another, what, 12 hours to do the last 50 K. Oh man. (laughs) So definitely time for improvement, but at the same time, like that was the longest distance by far that I'd ever done or, you know, like I did, I was so unsure going into it if I could even do that distance. So I'm definitely like that one for me is a, is a big one. That is, that's a, that's a big one. And especially here in Texas, we only got a handful of some. Um, and I was going to ask, or we can ask, I can ask you real quick. How do you feel about FKTs that are like shorter than an ultra or like 15 miles or less or something like that? Um, I think if it's, a mountain or something similar, if there's a hard effort involved, then I can see, I can see the, I can see the point of it. If it's something that's kind of already on an established, like if it's part of a race course, which I think they do try to avoid, but like North shore trail, I have the female FKT on it, but it's like, mm, like the, I know there's a race out there too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for the really, I have got a few really short ones on, on some of the peaks here in Texas, like Emory Peak. 
Um, several of them don't even have or didn't have women's times at the, at the time. And I would actually like refer to Strava um, QOMs to um, use that as my standard to beat. Um, nice. I think the FKT with the FKT site offers that, that maybe the Strava QOMs don't is like sometimes the Strava, yeah, you, you can do an effort, but the Strava doesn't pick it up as a, that you did that segment for whatever reason. Like, I think one of my, I think it was Emory. It didn't pick me up on that segment. Um, really? <laughs> I don't know if it just like lost me somewhere or, or what, but like, I mean, there is a scramble at the end of that one. So maybe it, I got off of it for too much trying to figure out how to get to the top. But um, yeah, the FKTs, I think, yeah, I don't know. You could go either way with that. <laughs> right. And that's, that's, I've had this little bit of discussion with a friend because I've, after finding the FKTs, it's been something I've been really um, looking into and attractive with. And there's a couple around here. I'm like, that would be an awesome, just little passion project. Or if you could do like one a year or attempt for it and just make it something special. Um, but with it being some of them, you can look at the newest FKT trail put in Texas. Oh, this one got accepted, you know, two months ago. And it, it, it might only be, you know, 10 miles or something like that. Like, and it depends, like you're saying, I think it, it can be something very special in a unique spot, but there needs to be a difference of like, you know, Joe's corner over here. And it's just like a segment, like a Strava segment that isn't, you know, it, it, no. that kind of thing. <laughs> like that, 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 and then your, the Northeast truck can be on the same like field is like, that's odd, but it can be like you're saying summer, if it's a, if it's a climb or anything else, but yeah, mentioning the uh, the Northeast Trail. Yes, you do have the the fastest time overall. There's only three people that have their record on here, and you're at a day in five hours and 57 minutes. And then next is uh, a day in 11 hours. Uh, but that's, yeah, awesome. Uh, I very much so. So with that, and we've kind of mentioned um, and, and, and on your side, right, There's I bet there's a handful that, may not even have the females uh, time on it yet. And it's just all dudes. You're like, well, I could just do it and have the female time, but I want to beat the guys. That's awesome. Um, Something I've noted, like I said, I was looking through, um, through all all the ones we have here in in Texas. Uh, There's some don't even have a record. There's one, uh, the Davis mountain loop 76, if I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. And then there's, uh, if I say it right, I want to say the G U M O, but the Gumo McKendrick Canyon, is a 22 mile one and it doesn't have a record. So some of these they've been established to put in, but no one's completed them yet. Yeah. The, the one I've kind of been looking at has, um, has a, a set for down and then also down and back and no one's done the down and back. Like, well, if I, if I try to do the, the one way, I might as well come back the other way and try my hardest. And then maybe I could have, you know, have that. <laughs> so again, just something to push, push myself and try something new, but, Absolutely. um, is there a FKT on your radar or one you've been thinking about? Oh, yes. Ah. <laughs> um, so I was going to do the Big Bend in March. Um, there are some nesting, some falcons who nest in the springtime, though, and a portion of the FKT route for the Big Bend 100 was closed um, to give these falcons space to nest wow, so okay. that and it was a one mile section and it would have been 
you could could have bypassed it, but it would have cut the route short. And so that was not to me, that was that's not a reasonable option. So, okay, let's put that on hold. Um, my backup plan was to do the 100-mile route through Guadalupe and Carlsbad. Um, that trail has been washed out in Carlsbad, though, because of some intense flooding last year. Um, honestly, I don't know oh. when that might this will ever be repaired. Um, I'm sure it will be someday, but not oh, in the near boy. future. That's how I ended up with a, a Kansas FKT, because I had the crew I had to support um, but I didn't have a trail to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so it came down to like finding the next closest reasonable thing that I might be able to accomplish. Um, so ended up doing Kansas, but yeah, I think this fall, um, hopefully in December, assuming, you know, recovery and everything goes well from Leadville and everything. Um, hoping to take another stab at big bend, um, in December. Oh, All right. You have one, um, the lost mine trail. <laughs> it's just one that's showing up here, the the big bin. But um, yes, that's awesome. You also have the Paladuro Canyon. That's one I've looked at, and I think it would be awesome to do that one out there. And it's, it's just a unique landscape and everything that I find that really kind of calling. And it would be nice to try again the Lone Star hiking trail. I even thought of it, you know, having friends do it do it with me. Um, awesome, big bin would be. It was a special place. Do you have like? Kind of like I mentioned, have you had that thought of with the FKTs, like maybe once a year or depending on how you're feeling, right? Or whatever happens, like, is that kind of a goal of yours to like keep, keep pursuing them? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, There's not much pursuit of, of, I I like doing the ones in Texas. They just, I mean, they're, they're home. Um, I definitely, you can't really pursue with them in Texas though in, in, in August, (laughs) Or, or even May, um, for the most part. So yeah, come once it starts cooling off, um, I've got my eye on a few. Big Ben's the biggest one. Um, I've got some vacation and near Guadalupe in October, so I might try to hit a couple out there um, in those mountains because they are gorgeous. Um, and then maybe like I know there's the cedar, cedar something in Dallas that I might go after if there's time but that's the one i'm looking at don't do it <laughs> you've already, i'm sure you've already yeah the one that goes through all the cedar parks yeah there's there's not a time yeah. for it down and back which is just like 41 miles it's like 20-ish miles one way or 22 miles one way and then so essentially yeah. 44 back or whatever um that's and since that's just that close I, yeah i can't compete with the guys on that one um, that would be a women's <laughs> you guys are too fast <laughs> that one is uh I, I, I went out to, to get a fill for it. And I kind of started in the middle because I've only from the state park to the Cedar reserve to big Cedar, which is like a mountain bike course. And then kind of goes off to like another little trail somewhere. So it's like a lot of, it's an interesting kind of crossing way and like roads and things. And uh, I was like, I'll start in the middle so I can get a fill for all of them a little bit. And thank goodness I figured out how to put like a GPX map on my on my watch and like use that because I was like I even wrote like a note and I I laminated it with like box tape so I could try it. I just did not want to get lost and like just get a get a feel for it. But um yes, that's a it's it's a little bit of everything with that one. Yeah. It's really neat. 
the the FKTs, especially the longer ones, will definitely force you to like learn good navigational skills. And I would say that having that route on your watch is a absolute must uh, for any of these, because you think you're gonna go out there and do it without that, and know where you're gonna like when you're in on you know on the ground doing it. It's like you're gonna hit an intersection somewhere and you're like, where do I go? And you're going to panic because you're already in this, this state of racing, even though there's no one else out there racing against you in the moment. I, th- I think it makes it more, it's almost like doing a relay. You have that extra intensity of like trying to be there for the team. Like these FKTs, like you're, there's no one else out there racing while you're racing, but like you're racing everyone of all time, past, present, future. And you're just trying to give it, all you can and it, it just it definitely ups the ups the game uh, <laughs> yeah that's uh it's a definitely more of, of a mental right it, it, it almost needs to be everything you got all the time <laughs> like every second because in the back yes. of your head it's that mental strain like i don't what if they were you know here could you, yeah you can't see the back of that person and you're just like chasing them down and whatever it's just the whole time you're like i wonder if i'm you know I think with my time that I thought at this point, halfway, this many hours, okay, I think I'm on, you know, and then the last thing you want to do, like you said, is run to an intersection and think, (laughs) wait, what? And then run three miles in the wrong direction. And you kind of just, oh, you know, you could kind of lose, not lose hope, but it's gonna be a lot harder. Yeah. uh, If you're, if you're doing good for that time. I, I had a little bit of that at North Shore. I think I took a, I don't know, for some reason on my even on my nav, on my whatever I loaded, whoever's run I loaded, it had a little out and back. It was probably a water stop for whoever. Oh, okay. <laughs> he added like a half a mile, which isn't much, but it still I was like, oh no. Like in the moment, <laughs> it's just like, oh no. Yes, right. And now you're thinking that the whole time, the rest of the way, you're like, uh, uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, so there is, and I found this a little confusing when I first, again, was looking into it and you just, if you're going to do it, you don't want to mess it up again. So I'm trying to like understand it better. But how would you explain supported, self-supported and unsupported? Um, supported is anything where someone's helping you. Um, I think even if you, because a lot of these are on trails, maybe you're doing Lone Star on your own. I'm going to use this as an example because I saw someone else doing this. Um, and you meet another through hiker and you stop and have, they offer you lunch or whatever, and you have lunch with them. Now you're, now you're self now you're supported. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even if your friends are just cheering you along, just have your friends cheer for you at the finish. <laughs> it's that one to me is kind of like, ah, you know, I, you, if you pass someone on trail, you don't know they're going to be there and they cheer you along. I wouldn't count that, but like, yeah, okay. like, you don't any support. Self-supported is, okay, you're doing that long trail, you're caching water for yourself, though. Maybe it's like something like the Appalachian and you, and you, you, you pop off to like go to a gas station to, to buy some more food and stuff. There's no one, you haven't set an appointment with, with anyone out there to be there for you. You're just kind of living off the land, so to speak. Um, unsupported is you're not caching water. You're not going to the gas station you if you need water you're refilling from a stream or you're carrying what you need um 
I think there's is one exception around like unsupported, self-supported. Like if you if you need to use the bathroom and you go into a facility to use the bathroom, I, th- I think they say that's okay because they'd rather you do that than like go out in the in the woods. Um, <laughs> but f- yeah, for the most part, unsupported is just you're out there on your own doing it with zero help. Um, supported is you, you can have anything in the world with supported too. I mean, you can you're you can have a pacer the entire time. They can mule for you. They can carry everything for you. They can <laughs> everything but run down the trail. Right, um, right. That said, I mean, it's up to you how much support you want to get. I've never had anyone mule for me during a, a run, um, but I usually do. We'll take pacers for this, you know, after a few miles. Um, I know really the nice. guy yeah. that beat me for northeast texas trail like he claims he was supported but if you read his write-up i mean technically it's supported but he didn't have the support that i had um he was out there on his own Um, a trail angel helped him about halfway through with some supplies (laughs) so even within like the supported there's there's a lot of different levels i guess like if you read the that's where the trail descriptions come in you kind of gauge like it's like man this guy's this guy's really a badass i i beat him but did i really like (laughs) yes (laughs) i uh and for reading that again i kind of look at it and read and try to think about it in this and i yes support it i've heard him as it's written through the website um yes they can be at the start and the finish uh and say good job you know go we'll see you later um, and that doesn't count as supported, but yes, if anybody is right running with you or trying to help you in any way, um, then it, then it's classifying supported. Also, what's the? Uh, it's like me and you could go run a trail and both be unsupported, but as soon as one of us quits, then you are pacing the other one or something like that. Then then you're running yes. technically something. Yeah, yes. and you're like oh. Wait, what? So they're going to pace me the rest of the way, but they're not going <laughs> to something like, but I don't know what's happened before, but those kind of things. <laughs> what if uh, in, in the Cedar one we were speaking of earlier, there's, you go through a couple just like public park areas and there's like a water fountain. Is that self-support? If you're trying to do unsupported, but you stop at the water fountain, is it then uh, self-supported or is it like a public or like natural I, resource of water? I I think that would still be, unsupported like i think that you can go into the q a's and probably confirm that but i think yeah like water hoses and fountains that are already on the trail like those i'm pretty sure those are fine to use okay i think so too um it's those kind of fine line things again that if you know you're, you're giving it all you got and you think you did this the same thing as getting like turned around on a trail or that and you mentioned this and like okay well now you're now you're this like Oh no, I would have been <laughs> fine not stopping there. Like, yes. Um, yeah. And then I, I believe too, you have to beat, you have to, for your time to be listed, um, it won't just list any time. You have to beat a time, I think, right? Like, and if you, right. if you're doing the unsupported, you, you would obviously have to beat the unsupported time, but you also have to, if you're doing supported and you beat the supported time, but you don't beat the unsupported time, right? That doesn't count. You have to beat the harder tier, I think. You have to beat the easier tiers. Uh, sorry. No, I think you said it. Sorry. You think you okay, said okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're supported, you better beat the, the unsupported. Exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not like three, it is three separate categories, but it's all for that trail. So 
The right. only reason you would see multiple names like in the Lone Star is because it is a kind of popular one. And there's just been that many people that have beat the next person. Uh, it's yes. not like they did it. Oh, but I got second place. It's they were first at a time. And now right. they're second place because somebody beat them or, or they're they don't hold the record anymore. But they just they're nice right. and they keep it up there. Uh <laughs> Yes, it's it's a lot. It's really interesting. And then there's a whole list of like a section on here where it's uh, I think it shows people's trail names, which I didn't know is the thing. And that's <laughs> that is a treat. <laughs> is it? OK, I uh, think so. I've heard about that recently. I haven't like delved into it. <laughs> it's it's a treat. It's funny what some of these people are called because you have to ask, like, why? Why are they called this? And uh, but that that's neat. So that adds more a little flavor to that, you know, the community, which trail running is is awesome anyway. Um, all right. And lastly, to finish it off here with the with the trail running, I might have more. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, just what's what's a tip you would give someone that's trying to do an FKT or look into it? You know, what, what should they be advised of or, or try to do? I think, I mean, the biggest thing is the navigation. Uh, like I mentioned, is just make sure you've you got the route, like on your watch or on your phone, like use Gaia or something. Um, because in the moment, like that's, it's important to get the route right. Um, <laughs> or your whole effort could just be out the window. Um, other advice would just be to enjoy it. I mean, I, I use this FKT site when I'm going out of town just to look for like those iconic trails to do somewhere. Um, you don't have to even be going for an actual FKT, just like it's a good reference point for like what is out there, what's available, what are, what are people doing? Um, and I've really enjoyed it a lot. I think it's definitely helped opens, you know, opened a lot of trails up to me here in Texas um, and be like Palo Duro, like, has been on the watch list for a while just to go out there and visit, but never a priority. But someone made an FKT out there last year and it's like, Ooh, like, okay. <laughs> now I have a route to do. I don't even have to think about what, you know, what I'm going to go do while I'm out there. Now I have a route to follow and I can just go do that. So, I mean, yeah, just getting out there and enjoying, you know, what we have. I mean, there's not a lot in Texas, but I mean, the <laughs> ones that are out there, you know, pretty good. It's special. Yeah. If you go all the way to, there's some out, you know, east almost to Louisiana, which is obviously a different kind of landscape. And then you can go out to Palo Duro or Big Ben and then experience that kind of, you know, that style yeah. of things there. And everything. <laughs> so there's a little difference. But yeah, if you look, if you just go up a state to Colorado, it's just riddled with trails and all that stuff. It's crazy. Yes. Uh, awesome. Okay. And then lastly, this is just a fun one. When you're running or you're training or racing or anything, are you more of a, of like a, power uphill kind of runner racer do you like that or do you like bombing down a hill or where do you think you can gain ground or that you're, you're good on I, I will bomb the downhills um, I slow down for uphills I don't try to power through um, I just take it easy <laughs> right that sounds that yeah that's kind of I think that's usually if you think about it my my thought is gravity pulls you down so just pick up your feet and try to balance and be okay uh, then it's uphill but people are going slow so I've had those times where I'm thinking like, well, now's my time to, to, to push and, and show, you know, I, I don't know why you would, but some people, they're just like, that's what my legs do. They just hike and they, they'll take off up hills and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's fun. All right. Well, Mr. Gina, thank you so, so much for giving me the time to, to talk with you here and, and catching up. Um, it's been a very... Uh, I'm sure fun and intense last couple of weeks for you. Uh, 
uh, I hope that you get, you know, uh, bless you and hope you get recovered. Uh, your body gets back to moving happily and you can go after your next KT and everything. But I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Sure. It's good to be on.